Good morning, America. How are you? I'm Rabbi Dave. And I am Friar Roderick, and it is time for another episode of What the Frock. This is the podcast that takes a look at the world around us and then dares to ask the question, What the Frock? This week we delve into an absolutely horrifying event that occurred at the annual Army-Navy game when cadets and midshipmen did a very unprofessional thing. They were caught on film chanting, F. Joe Biden. Only they didn't say F. They said the actual word that is an insult to the most successful president to ever rule the United States of America. We also talk about how artificial intelligence is creeping into podcasting. And how will we ever be able to tell that it's not the real thing? What clues will we have that actual human thought and interaction has been replaced? We will also ask our listeners, who, by the way, are all colossal idiots, would they even be able to tell the difference between us, the real humans who host this show, and a computer-generated series of outrageous statements and deep fake news stories designed to enrage you while simultaneously convincing you of the complete truth of what we say. All that and more today on the What the Frock Podcast. Podcast. Good morning, America. How are you? I'm Rabbi Dave. I am Friar Rod, and I'm okay this morning. A little, a little gunky in the throat. You're going to hear me clear my throat. Right. Sucks getting old. This is one of those, we're, we're right on schedule, but we weren't supposed to be days. Because other yeah. people's schedule changed. Cammy worked last night, which meant that I had to take care of the cats. Yeah. And I said, cats. And I'm I'm sacrificing Dave for you as well. So you're, I know you're taking care of multiple cats now. Newcastle's yeah. playing right now. So they? it's it's a huge sacrifice for you, Dave. For I you, my buddy. Didn't Dave. even realize that, or I, I might have might have rescheduled. So I have this huge cut on my hand now. I see that. Yeah. From this, my my son got a kitten. Mm-hmm. For his birthday. Which was in July. Claws like monofilament blades. Yes. So the cat was supposed to sleep in Ben's room, but doesn't because Ben, I don't know, he, quote, feels weird when the cat is in his room. I do not know what that means. Don't, don't, uh, don't even ask because I, I, I have no clue. So, this little kitten insists on, it's kind of cute, it insists on snuggling up to you, which is fine, except that I don't sleep well to begin with, and I am a constant mover. The reason we have a king-size bed is so that I can be far away from my wife and not disturb her when I move, and the cat doesn't like that. Anyway, got up this morning and it tried to attack me. It ripped my hand open. So I'm not real happy with the cat right now. And I'm really not happy with why the cat isn't sleeping with Ben, which is where it's supposed to be. But what are you going to do? Can't uh, can't change some things. Speaking, nope. of, speaking of things you cannot change, which is not my name, um, I can change on Zoom there, but... Uh, Yesterday was the Army-Navy game, which is the annual okay. event. Navy how, lost. How did that go? I didn't, Navy lost. Yeah. Although, we were driving at the end for the potentially tying score. Mm-hmm. 
and we were stopped on the one foot line on fourth and goal. So, kind of positive, kind of negative, you know how it is. I mean, yeah. it's it's one of those things where, yeah, I get really hyper about the Army-Navy game, but I really don't mm-hmm. care who wins. Yeah. Because it's not, for so many years, it really wasn't that important. Uh, both of the programs were pretty weak football-wise, and so it was really the only game that mattered. Navy, for reasons that are incomprehensible to me, plays Notre Dame every year. I don't know why. Huh. And one of the greatest moments of my radio career was in 2007, when for the first time in 43 years, since 1963, uh, Navy beat Notre Dame. And my producer at the time, Commander Cody, was, in fact, a huge Notre Dame fan. So, we made some hay with that. But, but yesterday did not go well. However, that is not the news coming out of the Army-Navy game today. Oh, what's the news? If you missed it, because you are, I don't know, intelligent, and you stay off of social media, which I cannot do, it's part of my job, mm-hmm. you probably saw the posts about the bleep Joe Biden chant at the okay. Army-Navy game. The Go Brandon chant, as it's been. Well, from what to. I heard, it was mm-hmm. F Joe Biden. I watched the video, and well, isn't isn't that what the original? Yeah, Let's the go original Brandon was Let's go Brandon, but which was Fuck Joe Biden. Right. So, but it's become the FJB chant, except sure. that they don't say FJB; they say the full. Why am sure. I batting away from this? I, it's, it's not radio, Dave. Don't worry about it. Anyway, so there's hundreds of these videos Uh of the Army cadets and the Navy midshipmen chanting this at the game. And I mean loudly. I mean, it's it's all over Uh me. The problem with it is, and of course, this is being turned into, you know, see, even even the military hates Joe Biden. Insurrection. The problem is that this is, if it's not obvious to you watching it that it's fake, you're part of the problem. We've talked about deep fakes here on the show mm-hmm. before. This isn't even a deep fake. This is a bad fake. This is like... It's a, it's a shallow fake. This is like the original <laughs> music video for M's pop music. You ever see that video, the original video, where the where the audio is not synced with the vocals? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's so bad, and yet it's such a catchy tune, and the girls are so cute that you, you don't care. This is so obvious that it's faked, and yet it's making the rounds over the Internet uh-huh. because people are like... And nobody is applying what I what I call the Adams rule, the Scott Adams rule. Okay. Which is that in order for this to be true, what else has to be true? If if the entire student body of the United States Naval Academy and the United States Army Military Academy at West Point were in the stadium there in Foxborough, Massachusetts, shouting, Fuck Joe Biden. Uh-huh. What else would have to be true 
for that to be true? What would the uh, what would the press reaction to that be? The, well, I mean, the press would either gloss it over, depending upon who's covering it. What would Trump say? Hmm. Would Trump say nothing? Or no, would Trump he, would say something. Trump would have said something. Yeah. Do you he think that something. the the TV cameras would have picked it up? Yeah. Definitely. Would they have said anything? Unless, Dave, unless it's a conspiracy. Well, there's always that, isn't there? Yeah. The problem is that there's no way. Look, I'm ex-military. But as they say, you never really are ex-military. You're just, you know, moved on. But the, the, the problem is I might say that in a private conversation, but in uniform which all the There's cadets no and the midshipmen were, there is no way in hell they would do that. And any cadet or midshipman that did do that in uniform would not be a cadet or a midshipman today. And believe me, I personally do not think that this administration would have any problem dismissing four entire classes for that. I, I Probably. If, if that actually happened. It didn't happen. It's fake. It's it's not even a good fake, so for the love of God, please stop sending it to me. But if they were chanting, let's go Stalin, I mean, they wouldn't be dismissed for that. Well, no, there was a guy a few years ago, an army guy, who had in his hat at graduation, when he when he graduated, he took his hat off, and there was a sign inside his hat that says, communism will win. Which, of course, led to one of the greatest Navy posters at the, at the following year's Army-Navy game. Where it said, Navy, we're not communists. It's great. <laughs> but at any rate, it isn't true. It's a complete fake. And by sending it to me, what you are actually doing is sending me a big neon sign that says, and I quote, I am a fucking moron, unquote. <laughs> so don't send me that. It's not true. It didn't happen. Your common sense tells you that it didn't happen. It's not a conspiracy. Nobody's hiding it. There's no fallout because it didn't happen. It wasn't, as they say, authentic. Or It's only going to get worse, though. Or it did not have riz. What? So this year we have competing words of the year. As you learned on last Tuesday when I was on Bill Mix show, Merriam-Webster, the dictionary people, have declared the word authentic to be the word of the year. The video was not authentic. It's fake. At the same time, however, Oxford Dictionary has declared the word riz, R-I-Z-Z, to be the word of the year. Hmm. What is the word riz, I hear you cry? What is the word riz, I cry? Riz is not even an actual word. Well, I guess it is now, because Oxford has decided that it is. 
Riz is actually a, it's not even a portmanteau. It's, it's, it's a bastardization of the word characteristics. Charisma. Charisma. Yeah. And it all it's, comes. It's in, in the urban dictionary. Right. It's in the urban dictionary because it's an urban slang word. Well, and that's meaning, kind of where it belongs. Meaning that <laughs> it's, again, it has character, it has characteristics. It has charisma. It has that riz. Yeah. Or, or it's real, I guess. So in essence, both of these dictionaries have come up with words that mean real-ish. One of those words is authentic. One is not. But they both imply the same thing, right? But the word authentic has riz. See, I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> Which all came to a head this week because I sent Rod an article that came out this week. Since it seems to be a hot topic issue here on the here on the What the Frock podcast, which you can find at whatthefrock.org. Yep. Or on Facebook, facebook.com slash whatthefrock, which is where you should be doing your commenting and questioning and Please do. stuff because that helps us get noticed. At any rate, an article this week came out because there is, quote, deep concern. I have no idea if the concern is authentic or if it has riz. It's not shallow concern, but it is deep concern. About the use of AI in podcasting. <gasps> Follow me here. Okay. Well, I, I did when, briefly read that article, and I, and I had to chuckle because... But you do. Yeah, you yeah, we've been... We've been using AI for quite some time, and right, more as a subject matter than. Well, so here's the thing, and I'm a big believer in this, and and what, I, I think this applies even to radio. And one of the conspiracy theories that's floating out there right now is that some radio stations and some radio companies, I won't point any fingers and name any names, Art <laughs> Media, are using AI generated voices to. To do things. Mm -hmm. I have no proof. That wouldn't of that. surprise me. I have no proof of that whatsoever. Nor do the people who are making those accusations have any proof. They have suspicions. But the article's idea was that podcasting, particularly, and we're going to focus on the podcast side of this, although this is one of those areas that I think crosses over into radio, podcasting is a very intimate, very down-to-earth communications form. When I'm talking to Rod, I'm really talking to you, the listener. When Rod talks to me, he's really talking to you, the listener. We're inviting you into our conversation. We're sitting on leather couches, you know, drinking some bourbon, smoking a cigar while we're having this conversation. It's it's a very... I hate those podcasts where the people are sitting <laughs> in those big chairs with the, the microphone and they're leaning back in the microphone. I don't know how they do that. At any rate, nor do I understand how you can sit around a big table, smoke joints, and drink, and have a coaching conversation, but but the point is... And rake in millions. Yes. People listen to it, so good, good on them. First Amendment, capitalism, yay. But the idea here is that somehow or another, if we were to start using AI to do this, it would lose that human humanity. It would lose well, that it, connectivity. It, it's the same... 
I don't want to say fear, but the same mindset about the whole AI sermon, right? The AI generated sermon, right? It would lose the humanity behind it. Would I think that I would be able to tell. Okay. Some weeks ago when Rod was for now, yeah. yeah. Some weeks ago when Rod was absent for reasons that shall remain debatable, was he sick or was he in Hawaii? Or was he sick in Hawaii? Okay. I'll let the mystery continue. I made the decision to jokingly, because it was a joke, because almost everything we do on this show is a joke. Pretty much. To replace Rod with an AI voice, which I then scripted, recorded, inserted, and had a conversation. I thought it was funny. I did too. AI Rod is much more verbose than I am. Yes. Well, somebody, I, mean, I I needed him to say certain things, and it took time sure. to say those things. And I I don't think there's any way in hell I'm going to get you to say those things. No, so, not when I'm sick in Hawaii. <laughs> so the bottom line was, I I don't think anybody heard that and went, who did he get to play the part of Rod? Right? I I don't think anybody no. understood that that was a real person. It sounded like AI to me. Of course it sounded like AI, because AI sounds a certain way. But the, the biggest issue with AI when it comes to conversational type stuff like that is immediacy and intimacy. So Google introduces their their thing. The other Gemini. Day. Is that what they call it? Call it Gemini, yeah. With the whole conversation about the blue duck, mm-hmm. which was just weird. But even in that, you could tell that there was no... Wait, wait, wait. Weird in the sense of, I don't want to sleep with my cat weird, or a different kind of weird? Weird in, to me in the way that the conversation went, and indicative of the problems of a conversation with an AI. Mm-hmm. He was clearly showing that a picture, and yet he still had to describe the picture to get it to understand that it was a duck. It... It yeah. saw some Is it still in learning mode, though? Well, it might be. I don't know. But in order to have that conversation, is it going to immediately recognize a blue duck the next time it sees one? Good question. I don't know. More I think m- in five years, I think the technology and the AI is probably going to get to the point where it's going to be much, much harder to really distinguish between a human voice and an AI-generated okay. one. And that's what I want to get to. As a listener of podcasts, and I'm a listener of podcasts, I listen to dozens of podcasts um, pretty much on a daily or weekly basis at least. There are podcasts that I listen to. I actually air check all of my podcasts. It's it's not an ego thing. It's a, what did I screw up this time that I can do better on Mm -hmm. this time? And I make critical notes about podcasts. I don't like this. I do like that. I should change how I do things to this or whatever. Uh And I think that that's part of, I did the same thing in radio. There were things in radio that I didn't like to do. And when I questioned why we were doing it that way, I was told, well, that's the way we've always done it. And it wasn't until later that I learned that there was an actual reason why Uh we did it that way. I'll give you a great example. Rush Limbaugh has... Every radio show has what's known as a clock. 
So the show starts at 6 after the hour. The break comes at 15 minutes after the hour. The break comes at the, the hard break at the bottom of the hour at 29.50, so forth and so on. So Rush was supposed to take breaks at a quarter after and a quarter till on his show. Uh-huh. Did you ever notice that he never did? He yeah. always, his monologue segment and coming out of the bottom of the hour, always went long. And so he would come back for that last segment at the bottom of the hour, and he'd always be like, oh, we just I went long in the last segment. We got we to gotta do this. Uh-huh. So we'll be back. You ever notice that he did that? Yeah. You know why he did that? Well, he wanted the advertising money, right? Well, but he was talking over ads, over ad breaks. He was extending ad breaks out. Hmm. So he did it on purpose, by the way. And the reason okay. that he did it was because in his day, they did books, the, the, the famous books, the Nielsen books, the rating books. Yeah. Everything is in quarter-hour increments. So if you listen to two minutes of a quarter hour, you get credited for that entire quarter hour. So oh, by so going he forces till, people to listen. Right. So by going to 20 after, he would get time spent listening, TSL, which is one of the most important ratings, of half an hour, even if you only listen to five minutes of the show. Hmm. So if you were keeping a book, by the way, he did mm-hmm. that on purpose. And those are the kinds of things that I started to learn and start going, okay, well, maybe I should do that as well. Mm-hmm. The the upshot is we do things a certain way, we learn things a certain way, we affect things a certain way, but what happens when AI starts doing them? Is it going to do them better than we do them? Is it going to do them clunkily? I, well, I mean, I think at first it's going to be clunkily, and then it'll do better, but it's not going to be intuitive to make decisions like, like Rush did. Or we do. Unless it's instructed to. Right. See, we don't have a clock on this show. We have four <laughs> segments, but we don't have a clock. I mean, just we just go. Podcasting and AI. I, I, I'm I'm wondering. I do a podcast that is strictly an AI voice. I, I'm not going to advertise it here because it's not related to this, but I do one that is strictly an AI voice, and I use it primarily for experimentation. Mm-hmm. Because I'm trying to see, and, and I find that when I listen to it, I find myself sometimes focusing more on the voice than I do the content. So are you are you scripting it yourself, but then using just the voice to yes. carry it? Yes. Okay. So, yeah, the cadence and the vocal patterns are not, right now, the AI just doesn't have the human flow. It may sound human in tone, but it's just, right. it's the... Speech pattern doesn't align. Well, I find that the delivery lacks humanity. Well, it so that would be like inflection. Yeah, and it lacks shout. Things like that. Yeah. It, it, the, the, like him or hate him, the great thing about Bill Shatner is that his form of communication will draw you in. No, Dave, I have to do this. The AI can't do that. No. It can... But getting it to do it is hard. I mean, it's it's uh-huh. it's harder than using uh, the the artwork stuff. I mean, it's it's a pain in the butt. But I'm wondering is what once you get it to that point, because it's coming, uh-huh. will people still listen to it? 
If I were to lose my voice entirely for whatever reason, I don't know, pick a reason that Dave can't talk anymore, and I typed in what I wanted to say and made it sound reasonable, would people listen to it? I don't know. If it sounded like you? If it could mimic your voice? Well, that's coming. Yeah. I mean, that is coming. I have a, I have a subscription to a program now that supposedly allows me to do that. Mm-hmm. However, comma, I'm, I'm not, it's a technical challenge. And more importantly, it's one of those things that I no longer have the patience to do things. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if it doesn't yeah. work the first time, I'm like, well, I'm moving on to the next thing because mm-hmm. I don't have the time to play with it. But I'm wondering, does it lose that actual, does it lose that intimacy? Because here's the thing the AI cannot do. And I consider this to be one of my biggest faults as a broadcaster. And yet at the same time, it is who I am. It's my personality. It is something that notes me as me, which is the complete paradigm shift in the middle of a sentence. Yes. Topic-wise. AI is not going to do that. So what will that leave with people listening? Will people still listen to it? With a, will, is that what listeners want to so, hear? I don't think AI could replicate our conversations. I don't think if both of it, if both sides were AI, I just don't think that would work. And yet we're told that's what's coming. And at that Maybe. point, how will they know? How will a listener know the difference between our conversation about whatever? I don't know, fill in the blank, cats scratching the crap out of my hands. Uh How will they differentiate that difference between you and I talking about it and an AI Dave or an AI Rod talking about it? And if they can't differentiate that, or if it doesn't matter, Uh does it matter if there's a video of midshipmen and cadets yelling, fuck Joe Biden on the sideline Uh of the Army-Navy game? I don't know. I don't know. It's it's going to be a hard, a hard sell to a degree, just because. I mean, eventually it'll get to the point where AI is good, but where you can't tell the difference. But then, it, then who's funding it at that point? Who's going to make the money, or who's going to? There's going to be motive behind it because we don't make money doing this, right? So there's there's going to be no motive to replace us with AI unless one of us is sick in Hawaii, right? Or we just want to play with it and see what happens. Yeah, and which, which we would do. Like, we, we, right. we would play with stuff like right. that. But but we have done shows where we used AI generated scripts. Mm-hmm. We yeah. almost had a Hallmark, Hallmark special. We almost did. Yeah. Yeah, we almost did that. Until someone got in trouble. The question then becomes okay, let's say it gets good enough to do a podcast. Where does that end? What happens when the fourth GOP debate features an AI version of, I don't know, Chris Christie? Well, so what we do is we come up with an AI listener, right? So the AI listener will then summarize for the human what the AI podcast talked about. (laughs) I almost wish we could just do that. And and there are ways to do that, by the way. I mean, Hollywood does this where they... Give me, give me the Cliff Notes version of the right. What the Frog podcast this week. There are actually websites that will do that for you. <laughs> I don't use them because 
they're pointless. I, debates on podcast boards about show notes. Mm-hmm. Well, how long should your show notes be? Well, they must be at least four pages long. Why don't you just listen to the show if you're going to read all that? was my yeah. question the other day, to which I was roundly criticized. But listeners won't listen if they don't have the if they don't have the show notes. Like, well, I give my mm. people a paragraph, and it doesn't seem to bother them much. Mm-hmm. I try not to give too much away in the show notes because I want you to listen. If I wanted yeah. you to read this, I would write a book. Yeah, seriously, people. I don't know. I'm uh, I was intrigued by this whole conversation about AI and podcasting and losing the intimacy of it because I do feel like even when I'm here by myself. Which uh-huh. is not my favorite way to podcast. I will tell you that right now. But even when I'm here by myself, I feel like there's a certain level of intimacy to it. Not intimacy in the sense of titillating, but the, the sense of <laughs> we're communicating. Right? Yeah. And, and occasionally I get emails and texts and things that, that show me that we are communicating. Uh-huh. That we are... We, we it, it lacks into you know what it reminds me of it reminds me of letter writing back in the 70s 60s and 70s when you would write a letter okay. to someone then you'd wait a few weeks and you'd get a letter back that that answered questions and asked new questions yeah we don't do Your that pen anymore pal. right we don't do that anymore because now we have email and texts and if you don't answer that right away then you're being you know rude or whatever but I there was a that. time when we didn't do that podcasting has that same feel to it. Mm-hmm. We throw out a question. We say, hey, drop us a line at what the frog, or WTF at whatthefrock.org, but we would prefer that you post it on social media. Facebook. Yeah. Right. And then we respond to that either in the next show or right away. Of course, that also leads to the problems of internet anonymity, which leads to flame mm-hmm. wars, which leads to... God knows we wouldn't want to lose that, right? Would AI take oh. that away? Who do you argue with if the host is AI? Ah, good question. And I'll tell we're you, we're already this. kind of doing that, though. Yeah. We are. You. I mean, I'll tell you this about ChatGPT. Have you ever argued with ChatGPT? No, you're wrong. I have not. You should try it sometime. It's fun. We had a story this week. Mm-hmm. I was getting ready for the Pearl Harbor show, which is going to come back uh, a little bit later, but. But I was getting ready to do the Florida Roundtable about Pearl Harbor. And there was an incident on December 7th that involved a submarine that I wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. I didn't because it wasn't relevant to the show as it turned out. But but I was using ChatGPT to kind of generate ideas for how to talk about this, right? And it kept telling me that didn't happen. I'm like, yes, it did. <laughs> we have yeah. We have the reports of that day. We have the deck logs of the two ships involved. We have the individual reports about, yes, it did. And it kept telling me, no, it didn't. Now, who are you going to believe? Me or <laughs> open chat GPT? <laughs> did you tell it to update? Tried to. I, I told it to go look at the websites that had the deck logs. And it was like, no, never happened. So, I don't know. I I don't know what's going to happen in the future. I do know that AI is here to stay. We use AI on this show on a regular basis. I use it at work. Yep. It helps produce outlines. It helps produce 
you know, flow. We don't, at this point, we do not use AI to tell us exactly what to say because that would be weird. Yes. But at the same time, we, we would we would use it to tell us how to create a Hallmark special. Yes. It just would not tell us how to tell our loved ones about the storyline and what's going on, because apparently that didn't happen. Right. <laughs> it also doesn't stop <laughs> cease and desist letters. But at, at, at this point, I, I don't know. And I, I just I can I'm concerned because the manipulation of media, I'm concerned about the manipulation of things. This whole video yesterday from the Army Navy game is so obviously faked, but so many people are believing it. So that tells me that we could literally do anything here on this show, slap an AI on label on it, and people would believe it. And that bothers me. Hmm. Does it bother you? Good question. You could send the answer to that question to WTFOWhatTheFrock.org, but we don't encourage that. I'd rather have you answer it on our Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Because that way, we all get to play along. Stay with us. We'll be right back. I'm Dave. I'm Rod. So let's 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 bring this more into today's world. This AI thing. Okay. There have been a lot of court cases. I don't know if you knew this or not. Did you know that there were 27 suits filed in 27 states to keep Trump off the ballot on the basis of the 14th Amendment, Section 3? I knew there was quite a few lawsuits. I didn't know the number. So what if those lawsuits were, I don't know, AI-generated? It could be. More importantly... That's a bigger threat, actually, too. It is yeah, a threat. podcasting. It's, it's something that I'm... I, I've been... It's been heavy on my mind this week. It really has been, because what if an AI system, an AI bot was generating all of this. Because a again, Chinese bot. Could be could be a Russian bot. Russian. It's not, as it turns out, it's a actually... A North Korean bot. Well, then it would be encouraging people to have babies. <laughs> see, that's that's the dead <laughs> and, giveaway there on the... And you crying. See, did you see that story? <laughs> I did. That was funny. Dear leaders out <laughs> crying, encouraging his people to get busy because they don't have enough babies. <laughs> so it's North Korea... What are they banging on people's doors to see if they're if they're uh, getting busy? And if they're not, what do you do? Drag somebody outside and shoot them? Prima nocta. Yeah. <laughs> how how getting in the mood is that? Uh, 
<laughs> and oh, by the way, North Korea still has the smallest average penis size in the world. So it's like, yeah, you, know, you got you to, you're, you're dealing with that. Now you're dealing with the fact that your leader wants to shoot you if you don't have kids. Well, maybe that's why Dennis Rodman was really loved over there. <laughs> certainly probably part of it. Well, what happens when AI starts generating these kinds of po- these these problems? These lawsuits against Trump on the 14th Amendment, by the way, were filed by one guy in 27 states. So that's a problem. He's a Republican candidate, quote unquote, for president of the United States. That's still a problem that one guy can do it in multiple states. His claim is that by having Donald Trump on the ballot, it's taking votes and potential fundraising away from his campaign. No. No, that's his complaint. No, I, I, that's his complaint, but the, the reality is, no, it's not. In New Hampshire, the Trump's campaign's response was, who? Yeah. Go F yourself. <laughs> they actually said... He's a small-time candidate who's just doing this to be. Yeah, he's just for notoriety. But he's a Republican. Why would a Republican file these suits? Because there's a a part of the Republican Party, the GOP establishment, that that are strong never-Trumpers. Okay, but let's say that you succeed. Let's say that Carlos succeeds in his suit. And Trump he sees is, himself as a hero. He defeated Trump, right? Right. But what does the base say? The the base, which, by the way, according to polls, has Trump up by 40 per points over his mm-hmm. closest competitors. What is does the base rush to this guy and embrace him and say, well, thank you. No, Here's but if tar money. and feathering was around, I'm sure that that would come into the discussion. But. So what's his real goal here? What's he actually trying to accomplish? And did ChatGPT tell him to do it? Well, I mean, this could be, okay, just thinking things through theoretically. Maybe he tried to get out in front of what he thought the Democrats might do. So let's get this on the docket. Let's get it in front of the states to make it a to make it a federal level Supreme Court decision. Okay, so let's go there. Would Democrats as a party nominally support this idea of removing somebody from the ballot on the basis of an accusation about insurrection. What motivation would the Democrats have for not doing that? So they wouldn't want it premature. They would want it timed correctly so that it it has the most impact for the election. Okay, there's that. What happens if Republicans sweep the House, the Senate, and the presidency? And instead of a January 6th investigation, we have a summer of riots investigation. Mm-hmm. Could we then argue that Democrats were directly involved in an insurrection? The, the, you could say that. Yeah. The problem with this. Or supported it. And there was some Democrats that actively said. On tape, support. Mm-hmm. So 14.3 becomes a form of germ warfare. It becomes a it form of. Of this will work, but it's going to come back at us. Do we really want to pursue that? So I'm back to why is a Republican doing this? 
uh, a Republican who seems to think that if he succeeds, that he will gain votes and or fundraising opportunities from the millions of people who are supporting Trump right now when they have no place else to turn. He's he's a nobody. He's looking for some attention. And how much of this is actually real? Oh, that's a good question. The courts, have, the courts in their inimitable wisdom, because lower-level courts, as I said a few weeks ago, don't like they, to they, actually decide things. No. So Not this controversial, no. Okay, we'll just go ahead and punt it up. Well, they're not even punting it. All they're saying is, sorry, you don't have standing. Of course, because that's the other out, right? Right. And by saying you don't have standing, well, we don't actually have to address the issue of whether or not 14.3 was violated. Yeah. Because that's that's a losing thing for courts. Courts do not want to touch that. Mm-hmm. But this whole standing thing, now they can just say, well, sorry, Carlos, you're, 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 yeah. no. <laughs> I mean, number one, you filed your suit before New Hampshire even opened their window for candidates. So, mm-hmm. You don't have any standing. You haven't been injured. You haven't been hurt. You, and you're you're full of crap. But I'm wondering, I, I'm wondering what it would take from an AI aspect here. Reporting, writing, arguing to get people to see this differently. What kind of deep fake could you pull from this? To make it seem uh-huh. like it was more legit. Because for the record, I, know, I think the, he has standing, but the courts just didn't yeah. want to deal with that. So. Well, I mean, from an arguing standpoint, you can't, it, you know, it can't get any worse than some of the arguments that have gone before the Supreme Court already. So it's kind of like, well, always know, only remember AI might make that. that better. Yeah. Always remember when you see a stupid argument in front of the Supreme Court, yeah. that the Supreme Court agreed to hear that. Because sure. they didn't have to. Always remember. Anyway, that's just my thoughts about AI and the 14th Amendment. Some studies that have come out recently, Dave, that uh, owning a cat that could be a problem. Yes, because it is. you know, owning a cat could double your risk of schizophrenia. 
That's the conclusion of a new review of 17 studies by researchers from the University of Queensland, Australia. The team conducted a meta-analysis of existing research from 11 countries, including the U.S. and U.K., published over the last 44 years. So it's not new studies, Dave. It's existing studies looked at a different way. They found that individuals exposed to cats before the age of 25 have approximately twice the odds of developing schizophrenia. So there you go. Ben's got that going for him. Great. What about so, after? What about after 25? What about after 60? Because I, I don't know about schizophrenia, but I'm. There was a book well, once about 101 ways to. Well, it doesn't say anything about after it, but the the reasoning behind it is because that there are little parasites found in the pet oh, cats that um, yes. that can enter the body via a bite or a scratch, <laughs> which I have. Can enter your central nervous system and affect your neurotransmitters in your brain. So there you go. You got that going for you, Dave. So that's that's my WTF of this week. And so Can't Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Die Hard. Yeah. Thank you. So as I said, I was getting ready this week for my Pearl Harbor show, which aired this morning on the Florida News Network. It should be available via podcast soon. Okay. But it was just a... It was a show about what happened on Sunday, December 7th, 1941. Now, if you're any kind of historian, interest, whatever, you know that there are so many stories from that day that it's virtually impossible to cover them. Mm -hmm. Certainly can't do it in the confines of an hour-long popular radio program. So you have to focus on one thing, which I did, which happened to be uh, Chief Tomich of the USS Utah, Medal of Honor winner, recipient, okay. sorry, from the uh, USS Utah. But that didn't mean that I didn't come across other things that I thought, this piques my interest. For example, the story of the USS Thresher trying to get back into Pearl Harbor and not being able to, which ChatGPT said didn't happen. Mm-hmm. That did happen, and it's a, it's an interesting story. But perhaps not as interesting as this story. One of the Pearl Harbor survivors who's still alive today is a guy by the name of Ira Schaub, Ike Schaub. He was a musician aboard the USS Dobbin, which was a destroyer tender, in Pearl Mm -hmm. Harbor that day. He was also a gunner, you know, because everybody, you might be a musician, but you're still a gunner. I mean, it's still. Oh, yeah. Still do these things. Or a cook. Ike Schaub has an interesting connection to me. Because he's a Pearl Harbor survivor. And in 1983, when I reported to USS Michigan, I met the guy that I was replacing topside. He met me, welcomed me aboard, gave me a nice tour of the ship, whole nine yards, made sure I was settled in, made sure everything was great. Um, It's his son. It's Ike's son. So Carl was um, Ike's son. And so I knew Carl and, uh, you know, come to find out that Ira is his dad, Pearl Harbor survivor. They took him back again this year. He was one of only six survivors to go back. But while I was looking at the story, thinking that might be a good personal angle, mm-hmm. didn't have a Florida connection to it, but except that Carl lives in Florida now, so maybe that would okay. work. I don't know. But I, I latched on to that USS Dobbin thing. Mm-hmm. It's on this, this destroyer tender called the USS Dobbin. The interesting thing about the Dobbin was they had a brand new commanding officer. 
aboard the ship. Okay. Why, you might ask, would they have a new commanding officer? Why, oh why, Dave, did they have a brand new commanding officer for the Dobbin? The commanding officer who was sent to the Dobbin in April of 1941 was an intelligence specialist by the name of Captain or Commander Thomas C. Lattimore. Right? Mm-hmm. He'd come from the political world. He'd come from the intelligence world. Sure. That's and now he's commanding get. a destroyer tender in Pearl Harbor. That doesn't which, make sense, but... Well, it's a much more prestigious command than, than most people would associate with it today. But, but at the time, it's, you know, you're responsible for maintaining a destroyer squadron. So mm-hmm. it's a pretty big deal. The thing about Tom Lattimore is that when he got to Hawaii in April 41, he looked around and he apparently liked to hike. Now, you've just come back from Oahu. Mm-hmm. How would you describe the hills there for hiking? They are mountainous, and it would be brutal to hike that. I, I looked at them, and I thought, I'm glad I'm old enough to not go up those. But for some reason, Thomas Lattimore decided that he liked to hike. And so in his time off, Liberty, as we called it, from commanding USS Dobbin, uh-huh. he would disappear by himself uh-huh. in April, May, June, and July of 1941. All of those months or just periods through those months? Periods through those months. Okay, okay. He would disappear for sometimes several days while, uh-huh. quote-unquote, hiking going native in the mountains of Oahu. On one of these hikes, he returned back to the ship with a, quote, badly injured, unquote, arm. Hmm. It's unclear from the records whether the arm was broken or just badly hurt, but it did require a, a cast and a splint and that sort of stuff and medical care, which was provided by his ship's hospital corpsman who took good care of him and patched him up real good because that's what they do. Uh-huh. In July of 1941, the arm had healed, the cast had been removed, the 51-year-old Lattimore was seen hiking into the Aia Mountains, wearing his khaki uniform, an old hat, and a walking stick. July 1941. Uh-huh. He has never been seen or heard from again. Hmm. Hundreds of sailors, local police, scoured the mountains looking for him. Trackers with dogs were brought in. No trace was ever found. They never even found a body. How weird. Naval investigation into his disappearance was launched, was never explained, and subject to much local news coverage and rumor before becoming overshadowed by. Dun, dun, dun! December 7th. Uh-huh. And on July 19th, 1942, he was officially declared dead, even though no one had ever found him. Hmm. Now, there are rumors. I don't like to speculate in rumors and that sort of thing, but there are rumors as to what happened. Two primary rumors. You ready? Now, sure. keep in mind. I'm ready. Let's go. Right before the Pearl Harbor attack. Some in the Navy initially believed that he may have been abducted and killed by local Japanese spy ring 
because he had either stumbled upon their activities in the hills or had been specifically targeted because of his intelligence background. Which means they would have had to have known he was going to be there because, you know, they just don't well, target I mean, an individual the guy and say, hiked for months. Well, yeah. But the more popular Navy conspiracy theory involving Mr. Lattimore, Captain Lattimore, is that he was, as Catch-22 puts it, disappeared by hmm. the Roosevelt administration because he knew that the attack on Pearl Harbor was coming and that it would be used to galvanize the American public into World War II and that he opposed this and so he supposedly had forewarning and uh, his naval intelligence contacts decided to disappear him or he himself decided to disappear before the attack, which doesn't make any sense because why would you do that? But but they disappeared him so that he could not warn anyone. I'm guessing that as at 51 and hiking in those hills, quote unquote hills, because they're more like large mountains, that he probably slipped and fell and landed in a crevice somewhere. Well, you know, it's, it's one of those things that I, it's just one of those stories that I came across while I was getting ready for another show. This is how my mind works, folks. You see, you hear me on the show, you hear me on the radio, and you go, we talked about this for 36 minutes. But yeah, but imagine going down all of these rabbit holes long before you ever get to that. You'll never get that from AI. No, you never. Never. Ever will. Anyway, Thomas Lattimore disappeared July 1941. It's the kind of thing that makes me say. WTF? I'm Rabbi Dave. I am Friar Rod. And, you know, I don't like to get into football much on this show. I mean, I talk okay. about it, but it's... it's we, we do. It's not something it. I... This show isn't about football, but have you seen the mm. news today? This, today is Sunday, <laughs> December 10th, for those of you... I have not. In case you're not reading... In case you're listening to this months later, today is Sunday, December 10th. It's not another Taylor and Travis story, is it? Actually, it's not, and since I can't talk about that anyway, we'll just bypass that and pretend that Rod didn't say that. Three, two, one. So uh, there was this. Uh, there's this news story today that broke yesterday mm-hmm. about Sh- 
Sean McDermott, the coach of the Buffalo Bills. Okay. So the Bills are having issues. They're they're supposed to be a Super Bowl contender and they're not. They're they're something's wrong with the Bills and nobody uh-huh. can quite put their finger on it, whether it's just disorganization, whether it's motivation, whatever it is. It happens. They have a player today, Von Miller, who's playing today, uh-huh. who was arrested earlier this week for domestic violence. And this has people up in arms. Why are they allowing this guy to play? Blah, blah, blah. I don't really have any comment on that. But in the middle of all this comes out this story about Sean McDermott, the coach who was trying to motivate his team back in 2019 and gave a speech, a motivational locker room speech to his team Uh in which he explained to them that they needed to be, quote, as motivated as the 9-11 attackers, unquote. What the heck? Now, to his credit, immediately after the speech back in 2019, he realized, well, that was a WTF thing to say and apologized to the team. But it's coming out today, 2023, four years after the speech, Uh 12 years after 9-11, and it's the kind of thing that says somebody's trying to get rid of this guy. Now, and, yes, because that's, you know, all past sins are, are good in their appropriate moment. They could be. I just thought it was intriguing because I was watching. I I do watch the pregame shows. Uh-huh. I just do. It's mostly because I was sitting here waiting. See, my wife worked last night. She's supposed to get off at 730. So uh-huh. she's supposed to call me at 730. I go get her because we only have one car. And then I get back here by 830 and Rod and I record. Well, by 805, she still hasn't called. So I'm texting Rod going, I don't know what's going on. So I'm watching the pregame shows. That's, that's what I'm doing to try to calm myself down because I'm I'm jumping. I'm ready to go. And getting scratched by cats. Getting scratched by cats. Bastard. Anyway, so this was the story on the pregame show this morning. And it was, they did a 10-minute segment, which was four hosts sitting around the table on ESPN going, I can't believe he said that. For 10 minutes. For 10 minutes. That's stupid. He shouldn't have said that. He apologized. Okay, go move on. I can't believe he said that. I can't believe that he's coaching today because he said that four years ago. Which just goes to show, I guess. I mean, look, I I can't even, I can't even rationalize in my head Uh why he would say that. Uh Uh-uh. This is Marge Shot level stuff when Marge Shot was the owner of the Cincinnati Reds and explained to the entire world that Hitler did some good things. You know? Yeah. I mean, she said it. It's out there. This is the same kind of thing. And it did happen. He's acknowledged that it happened. The Romans paved roads, too. So Yeah. So is this cancel culture? Is this reaching back four years to try to get rid of a coach of a team that is underperforming? Kind of sounds so, like an excuse. Doesn't that sound like just an excuse for that? Yeah. It does. Yeah. Because maybe the problem, and it pains me to say this, maybe the problem is your quarterback keeps throwing the ball away to the maybe. other team. Yeah. Maybe you need a new quarterback's coach. Anyway, it's fascinating. Ten minutes of, he shouldn't have said that. Mm-hmm. I can't believe he said that. 
Okay. Yeah, Speaking well, of things it, that make you say WTF. It, yeah, at least he's not a you know, university Ivy League president sitting in front of Congress. <laughs> so one of them quit. Ending their that, careers, right? yeah. One of them retired. Do you know why she resigned? Had nothing to do with what she said. I mean, I guess it, tangentially it does, but well, yeah. they got a letter from one of their biggest donors, $100 million donation. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get it if she's still president. Mm-hmm. So That's exactly how the universities when, work. When when she's not the president, call me. We'll talk about this $100 million donation. But the first thing is she has to go. So mm-hmm. she went. <laughs> yep. Funny how that works. Is that cancel culture? <laughs> I, I don't know. It does make me say WTF. And those are the kinds of things that, that worry me. We will be here next week. It'll be the last show of the year. Yes, it will be. So <clears throat> we'll do our annual. Have we done our Hallmark movie review yet this year? We did. I don't think we, we talked about it, but I don't know. I don't know. We'll figure something out. If you got any show ideas, drop them on to us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash WTF or send us an email. WTF at whatthefrock.org. I don't read a... We did have a great story this week that one listener sent us that I meant to get to. The sun is trying to kill us, but mm-hmm. sorry, Steve, I just ran out of time today. <laughs> Maybe next week. We'll talk about but the thank sun. thank you. It was good. It's, yeah, it's, it's a great story. The sun is farting at us. It's, yeah. it's awesome. <laughs> it's, it's good stuff. But on that note, I'm Rabbi Dave. I am Friar Rod. And this has been... What the frock? <laughs>